I want to read one verse of scripture in Psalms 34. And it's a declaration by the psalmist in verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I want you to say that with me. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Say it again. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we come before you today grateful, so, so grateful for your spirit that is in this place. And I pray right now that you would deposit your word into our spirit. Encourage and strengthen the faith, the confidence of your people. We need you today. I need you today. Every one of us need to hear the word of the Lord. Take this clay vessel, Lord, and hide me behind your cross so that only Christ is seen and Christ is heard. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, All, all my fears. Fear is a subject that each one of us can relate to. Fear is something we've all been exposed to at one time or another. And on multiple occasions. Encounters that literally shake us at our foundation. You remember the time when you're there and you're suddenly thrown into a threatening situation. Your palms begin to sweat. Your heart starts pumping really fast. Your apprehension levels go way up. One of the scariest moments of my childhood I think I was around nine or ten years old, but the men's ministry in our church had gone out on the Chesapeake Bay, and I was in a boat with another gentleman from the church, and he was in the back of the boat with the outboard motor, and I was in the front, and I remember enjoying that moment until we came close to where a yacht had just passed by, and as the yacht had passed by, it sent off some pretty tremendous sized waves. Danny, the gentleman that I was with, he took the boat and we hit one of those waves and we did it at about a 45 degree angle. So I felt the tilt of the boat. I'm in the front of the boat thinking, man, this is great, like a roller coaster ride. Until I look back and Danny had been dumped out of the boat. There I was, an eight- or nine-year-old boy out on the Chesapeake Bay, didn't know how to swim, and a boat circling around, 
and his head was sticking up out of the water. And I was scrambling, trying to get back to that outboard motor to do something with it. I had men. There were other men in other boats. They were yelling at me to do this and do that. They were telling me to flip the switch. I couldn't find a switch. I was just trying to keep my sanity. So I, tur I took hold of the throttle and turned it the wrong direction. <laughs> Cranked that boat up. Man, I'm telling you, nine years old, I'm whipping across the Chesapeake Bay, jumping waves and scared out of my mind. Events like that will certainly make a mark on your memory. A fearful, a fearful time. Many times since that, I have dealt with fear. Sometimes we place ourselves in a position that brings on fear. On the light side, did you hear the tale about the photographer for a national magazine? He was assigned to shoot a great forest fire. So he was told that a small plane would be waiting to take him over the fire. And so at, he arrived at the airstrip about an hour before sundown, and sure enough, the Cessna was waiting for him. He jumped in with his equipment and shouted, let's go. The pilot swung the plane into the wind, and soon they were in the air. And over the sound of the propeller and the engine, he, he shouted, and the photographer did, and said, fly over the north side of the fire and make several low-level passes. And the pilot asked why, and he seemed to be very nervous. And the photographer said, because I'm going to take pictures. I'm a photographer, and photographers take pictures. And after a long pause, the pilot replied, you mean you're not the instructor? <laughs> Fear. Fear. This morning, for a few minutes, I want to deal with three facts concerning fear. The first thing I would like to share with you is the unexpected avenue in which fear arrives, the arrival of fear, how fear shows up. There was a prophet in the Old Testament whose name was Elijah. He's probably the most iconic and dramatic prophet of the Old Testament. He was known as a prophet of fire. And for his thunderous personality, and he was a passionate spokesman for Jehovah God. And one day he approached an evil king named Ahab, who was king over all the land. And the prophet said to him, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. He boldly declared that there was a drought coming to the land in front of the king, the most powerful person in the land. And there was no fear in Elijah when he confronted Ahab. During the drought, God sent Elijah to a brook called Cherith. And he dispatched ravens to feed Elijah bread and flesh. And when I look at that, I notice no fear for lack of provision. Then I read further where, in fact, Elijah encountered a widow woman that was fetching her last oil and a little meal to make a cake so her and her son could eat their last meal during this terrible drought and famine, and they were going to die. And no doubt she was afraid, but Elijah said to her, hey, make me a cake first, and, and, and the oil and the meal, if you do that, will never run dry. She did, 
And God provided miraculously for the widow woman, for her son, and for Elijah. And interestingly enough, in 1 Kings 17.3, Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Fear not. The story goes on. The woman's son got sick, and Elijah had no fear of death. When death was in the room, he went in and he took the boy, laid his own body on top of the boy three times, prayed for him, and God revived the child. And then he got into a confrontation with 450 evil prophets of Baal. He poured water around the troughs of his sacrifice. He prayed a 63-word prayer. And fire from heaven came down and, and lapped up everything while the false prophets could not even awaken their idol gods. Uh, Elijah had no fear of crowds. He was confronting 450-plus that were opposing him. He would end up orchestrating the killing of many of these prophets of Baal all by the hundreds. So there were so many things that he was not fearful of. But the scripture says there was one evil queen, and her name was Jezebel. And when the word got out that uh, these prophets of Baal had, had died, her prophets, she sent a message to Elijah and she said to him, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to kill you. And when Elijah heard that from Queen Jezebel, this evil, wicked woman, the Bible says he became filled with fear. Now, I want you to get this today. That was that one trigger. It was that one button. It wasn't death that made him afraid. It wasn't crowds. It wasn't a lack of provision. It wasn't the fear of an evil king. But when Jezebel threatened, the Bible says Elijah went or ran for his life. I want you to grasp this this morning. I want you to understand that the man who outran a chariot and horses by the Spirit of God was afraid. I want you to know that the man who prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years and then he prayed again the rain returned he was afraid. The man who saw the Lord come down through the effects of wind and witnessed a fiery inferno and a, a jolting earthquake and all of that did not shake him and yet he still had a moment of fear. The man who took on 450 men at one time was afraid. And when I look at that and I, I read about this iconic personality in the Bible, I'm reminded that not one person is exempt from fear. You see, as I stand before you today, I'm looking at some successful people from one side of this room to the other. Maybe you're here and you have your bachelor's, your master's, even your doctorate in education. Maybe you're here and you've had success in your business and your, and your work practices. Maybe you're here and you're financially secure or you pride yourself on family values and that's your measuring stick of success. You may be here and you have trophies in your trophy case of how great an athlete you have been and how many opponents you have taken down. But I'm telling you, there are many in this room that deep down there is that something that keeps you from moving to that next level in life, that next level in God, that next level in your Christian walk. And you can attach a lot of labels to it, but the truth is fear has a grip on too many of God's people. And like Elijah... You find yourself running to your juniper tree time and time again to, to find some relief from the fear that seems to want to dominate in your heart. 
Let me tell you a couple things you need to know. And, and I think this is very important. Number one is you are not a sinner because you have fear. Don't you allow the enemy to put that thought into your mind. We are in these earthly tabernacles. And there are people sitting right here that name the name of Christ that are afraid to be alone. They're afraid of darkness. They're afraid of heights. That does not make you a sinner. It just means that this is something that, that, that you are antagonized by. But I also want you to know that God wants you to overcome fear. And he has made a way for you to do exactly that. I believe that fear is part of the spiritual warfare. You see, this is a warfare. Did you know that? We are in a conflict with the enemy. And when you live for Jesus and you do ministry and you give out of yourself, when you, you will battle the devil in conflict. And when you give out, you need to be replenished. And at that, it's at those times that fear can get a hold of you and catch you off guard. You can be spiritually, emotionally, physically exhausted from prayer giving of your time, servanthood, witnessing, counseling, encouragement, just being used of God. If you don't replenish yourself, you can give so much out of yourself that you become susceptible and vulnerable to fear. As a pastor, I stand before you with a lot of humanity, but I can tell you that some of my most threatening phone calls comes after a great service. I'll tell you today that some of my most stinging rebuke from people have come after a mighty move of God. Uh, there's been times that I've dealt with some of the most vicious assaults have happened to me after I have prayed through. This past Thursday morning, I had one of the greatest personal prayer times that I've had in months. Let me tell you how I know when my prayer time is great. In my personal prayer time, when I become overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and it's just me and God and all I'm doing is getting lost in his presence, I can tell you you can't get a better prayer time than that. Jude said it best. He said, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're building up your most holy faith. Well, let me tell you, I felt that Thursday morning, but by the end of the day, the enemy had launched assaults. And if you're not careful, you can, you can become uh, vulnerable to the spiritual attacks. I remember one time uh, several years ago, this happened and it was, it was kind of a bizarre thing. You, did you know you have to watch when somebody gives you a word? It was after a great service one night. Somebody come up to me. We'd had a great altar service where I was pastoring, and, and they come up that God had moved in a great way, and they come up to me, and they, they had a prophecy for me. They had a word for me. And they looked at me, and they said, you've got some major problems in your family. I said, well, I know I forgot to vacuum this past week, but my goodness, I didn't think it was that major of a problem. I really was trying to identify what the problem was. And then the person went on and went on, and they said, and the problem that you have is with your youngest brother. I don't even have a brother. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When somebody comes up to you and gives you a word, this is on the side. This has nothing to do with the message. But let me tell you something. If somebody ever comes to give you a word, number one, it ought to bear witness with you. And number two, it should confirm what God has already been dealing with your heart about. Other than that, you don't have to receive it. You can refuse it. You can rebuke it. You can send them on their way because it is not of the Lord. I'm telling you, though, if you're not prepared, you can become spiritually vulnerable and the enemy can seize hold of you with fear. I mean, I've preached. 
There's been times I've, I've felt like I fought and whipped 450 amps from hell. When you have one of those victorious moments and you're drained physically and spiritually, and it seems like quite often the devil has saved that one Jezebel, that one put down, that one, th am I preaching the truth this morning or what? That, that one scorner. And because of your vulnerable condition at that moment, it can bring fear to your Christian experience. God help us to identify the avenues through which fear comes. The second thing you need to understand is that you need to understand the origin of fear. First of all, loud and clear, you need to know where fear does not come from. Fear does not come from God. The Bible says it clearly. It is not cliche. It is the word of the Lord. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the obvious truth, if fear doesn't come from God, then fear comes from the devil or it comes from within. See, some of us here probably are feisty enough to take on the strongest physical man of Pulaski County. Or you would be tempted to take on the biggest visible devil that could come your way, but it's the invisible enemies that cripple you. It's the isolation, the loneliness, the rejection, the futility, the doubt, the darkness, these or what is tearing you down. Elijah was weary. Elijah was disappointed at the final results. Elijah was disgusted at the condition of the people of the land. Elijah even felt and declared that he was all alone. I mean, one day, Elijah is leading a nation back to God through repentance and reformation, and the next day, he's fleeing, wanting to give up everything, and crawling up under a juniper tree and asking God to take his life. That's how quick it can happen. And don't think for one moment that because you've been serving the Lord many, many years that you are no longer vulnerable to fear. We are all susceptible to fear. We have to all stay on guard and alert for fear. We all have to be reminded that this is not of God. This didn't come from God. God didn't send it. He didn't think it up and plan it for us. When fear gets a hold of you, you can bank on this. You've either created it from within or you've allowed the devil to send it your way without rejecting it. So there's the avenues through which fear comes. And then there's the origin of fear and understanding that. But then thirdly, you need to understand that, that you can get victory over fear. You can have victory over fear. When they sang that song, I, lo I love that part. I will not be afraid. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. So, preacher, what is it? What's the answer to getting victory over fear? It's as simple as it's always been. 
the way to get victory over fear is to seek after the presence of the Lord. You see, while Elijah slept in a suicidal state, in fear for his life, the Bible says the angel of the Lord broke out his grill and baked Elijah some cake, some real angel food. <laughs> Brother Rick, I read that and something leaps and skips within my spirit because I'm reminded of what the psalmist wrote in Psalms 23. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm telling you, you can fight the devil hand and hand and foot. You can fight him with every weapon you've got. I'm telling you right now, but at the same time you're fighting the devil, you can still feast with the Father. He's in a fearful, suicidal state. And God dispatches an angel, and the angel comes down, and he, he feeds him, and he ministers to him. And here's the truth. The, the evil queen Jezebel was, was no doubt 100 miles away, but loneliness and isolation and rejection was plaguing his mind and was producing fear. But I want to tell you, I am thankful that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And God wanted me to bring some promises to this house this morning. God wanted me to remind you in Isaiah 51 and 12, he said, I even I am he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die? I'm telling you there's no reason to be fearful of anyone that comes across your path. Isaiah 41 and 10, the Lord says fear not for I am with you. Isaiah 43 and 1, fear not for I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. I'm telling you he is with you he has redeemed you he knows you by name it's time to leave the juniper tree it's time to rise up with angel fruit from heaven inside of you and run in the strength and power of that for many days and weeks and months ahead because God will help you get the victory over fear when you spent time in his presence Revelation 1.17, fear not, for I am the first and the last. That's what he said. He's talking to us. Fear not. He, he was there a long time before your problems, and he has the final say-so about your problems. Because God says, I can say. Because God declares, I can declare. The psalmist wrote in 27 and 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 56 and 4, listen to this. In God I will praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Hebrews 13 and 6, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Why? Because the Lord is my helper. Hmm. 
You have to get to a place. Because it'll happen again this week. It will. It may be a couple of weeks. It may be before the day is over. Something alarming will come across your path. And fear will begin to settle in on you. And you and I have to make up, a mind, make up our mind if we will allow it or we will reject it. Simple as that. It comes to my mind. I can't say it's from the Lord. But maybe you heard the little story about the little elderly lady where the two thieves broke in. And they're about to attack her. And she rose up and she said, Acts 2.38 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. They were so alarmed they took off and ran out the house. She was quoting the word. Not long after that, the police officers arrested her, arrested them. And they said, we're curious. This was just a little elderly lady. What caused you to run out of the house? Well, she said something about having an axe in 238. I don't know if that was from the Lord or not, but I like it. You make the choice. I make the choice whether we will continue to deal and live with fear. I'm telling you, as I was praying there Thursday morning, right there, as I was, I'm sorry, sometimes y'all have to sit in some stuff. I just want to let you know that. Y'all sit on the front row. It's all good, though. It's dry. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry, Allie. I'm sorry, Morgan. My God, I'm going to have to pay the dry cleaning bill now. We don't have to be afraid. It comes in various forms, but it did not originate from God. And you can have the victory over it. All. All my fears. I sought the Lord and he delivered me out of all my fears. It's very simple. Wouldn't it be something the next time that we felt fear? If we just stopped what we were doing wherever we were. And we just began to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, my light and my salvation. Jesus, a very present help in the time of trouble. Jesus that walks with me when the waters are trying to take me under. The one who travels with me when the fire is kindling upon me.
going to stop there. ID the avenue of fear. ID the origin of fear. ID the victory that God gives you over fear. Would you bow your heads with me? There's not a Jezebel that can hinder you. There's not a prophet of doom that can derail you. There's not an Ahab out there that can keep you from hearing the sound of abundance of rain. I sought the Lord, and he has delivered me out of all of my fears. If you're lost in this room, you live in fear. And there ain't but one thing that can remove fear, and that is perfect love. And perfect love comes from a perfect, loving God. fearful today. You know what the trigger is. I don't. I know what my triggers are. Your triggers are different. Your buttons are different. But you battle with fear. Maybe it's fear of darkness. Maybe it's fear of heights. Maybe it's fear due to loneliness or isolation. Maybe it's fear of disease. God brought you through something, but there's this, there's this great fear that's trying to play games with your mind that it's not going to hold up. It's going to return, and it's going to come back with a vengeance. And that has you fearful. You're in the house. I'm just the paper boy. I've dropped off the news. God wants to give you victory over your fears. I sought the Lord. That's what you got to do. And he heard me. If you'll seek him, he will hear you. And he will deliver you out of all of your fear. Who are you? Who are you that needs prayer? I got a fear. I got a phobia. I got something going on inside of me. I, I, I wrestle with it for years, months, something that's just cropped up. I've never dealt with it before, but I'm dealing with it now.
I invite you this very moment to, to leave from where you are and to come and stand across the front of this church. If there's some fears that you want to get some victory over, would you come right now? In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Come on, there's others. There's others. Come on, press on in. Press on in. I'm going to agree with you. There's others that are going to agree with you, but here's a, you just got to go after Jesus right now. Whatever that looks like. Just throw your hands up or out in front of you. Just lift your countenance to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I'm coming after you. I am seeking the Lord. I am I am seeking the Lord, and I know you hear me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I did. I need some spirit-filled prayer warriors to come in. Men behind the men, ladies behind the ladies, flank in behind them in the name of Jesus right now. We're going we're gonna to pray them through to victory. Come on. Come on. All over this house. Quickly. 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 <laughs> 